When I was in fifth grade, I was sent to the principal's office. Well, it wasn't the first time or the only time that happened, but the time I'm thinking of was different because I was sent to the principal's office, but this particular time, I was innocent. It was a normal day at lunch, and I was sitting in the cafeteria eating the lunch that I had packed and brought from home. But those who bought their lunch that day got there and found out that this particular day was the dreaded prune day. Everyone who bought lunch that day had two prunes on their plate. Now, prunes are known to start a movement, but the movement they started that day in the cafeteria was a food fight. Prunes were flying in many different directions. And honestly, I was not involved. Not at all. I was minding my own business, eating my bologna and cheese sandwich and my Fritos and my Twinkie when all of the sudden I felt something land on my foot. And I looked down and sitting on my sneaker was a prune. And I didn't want it there, and so I just kind of kicked my foot. And the prune went flying and landed right in front of the principal who had come in to deal with the food fight. No matter what I said, he wouldn't believe that I was an innocent bystander. But that particular time, I was. The dictionary says an innocent bystander is a person who, although present at an event without taking part in it, is negatively affected by it. Have you ever been an innocent bystander? Most of us have been at one time or another. But if you look at the Easter story, you will see some innocent bystanders. People like Pilate's wife who had a dream about Jesus' innocence or Simon of Cyrene who was forced uh, to help carry the cross of Jesus. But the series we start today is about not-so-innocent bystanders. They were people who were kind of forced into the Easter story by their jobs or by their circumstances, but they really weren't innocent. Each of them is guilty in some way, but they still had an encounter with Jesus that could have been and maybe should have been life-changing for them. Let's begin with an event that happened in the Garden of Gethsemane during the arrest of Jesus. It's recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but let's read it from Matthew chapter 26. Judas had planned to give them a signal saying, the man I kiss is Jesus, arrest him. At once Judas went to Jesus and said, greetings teacher, and kissed him. Jesus answered, friend, do what you came to do. Then the people came and grabbed Jesus and arrested him. When that happened, one of Jesus' followers reached for his sword and pulled it out. He struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. So today's not-so-innocent bystander is the man who had his ear cut off by one of the followers of Jesus. And it's interesting that Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't mention his name. It's only years after it happened when John is writing his account of Jesus' life that the names are revealed. John writes this, 
Simon Peter, who had a sword, pulled it out and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. John tells us that it was Peter who swung the sword and that the name of the man who lost his ear was Malchus. Now, we don't know much about Malchus. He was the servant of the high priest. And some say he was just a lowly servant. Others say he was the household steward, the most trusted servant of the high priest's home. Either way, he was there because he was sent to be a part of this group that was arresting Jesus. And I have to think he was pretty involved with it because when Peter swung the sword, it was Malchus who got hit. And can we just acknowledge that Peter cutting off his ear was a mistake? He made a mistake. He wasn't trying to cut off the ear. He was trying to cut off his head and he missed. And we really don't know much about Malchus, but we can understand some important things about Jesus and our response to him through this story. The first thing this story tells us is Jesus notices and cares about our hurts. Jesus notices and cares about our hurts. It's no surprise that Luke, the doctor, gives us a detail that the other three writers about Jesus' life didn't mention. Look at what Luke says. And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Jesus said, stop. No more of this. Then he touched the servant's ear and healed him. Imagine being Malchus that night. You have been sent to arrest a person that your master views as an enemy. I'm sure Malchus had heard the high priest talk about how dangerous Jesus was to their way of life. He may have been there when they made the deal with Judas to betray Jesus. He was trusted by his master, trusted enough to go with Judas and the temple guard to find Jesus and arrest him. And it was very likely that Malchus hated Jesus just based on what he had heard the religious leaders say about Jesus. And they're arresting Jesus and Malchus and the others think that it will go well. After all, Jesus and his followers have never been violent before. And it is Jesus who has taught that people should turn the other cheek. Then the sword comes out of nowhere and Malchus sees it coming and he ducks. And then he feels incredible pain. He feels the blood flowing down his neck and he reaches up and feels the wound and he finds there's no ear there at all. And maybe he looks around and he sees it on the ground and instinctively he reaches to find the ear, but then he feels a hand touch him and the bleeding has stopped and the pain has stopped. And under the hand on the side of his head is an ear. Malchus had been healed by Jesus. Don't miss this. During a really difficult time for him personally, 
while being grabbed by soldiers and arrested, knowing that he would be dragged away and the end result would be his death. During that time, at that moment, Jesus notices Malchus. He notices his hurt. He notices his need and he reached out and he healed him. This tells me that no one goes unnoticed and uncared for by Jesus. Jesus notices and he cares about our hurts. If he could notice and care for Malchus during that moment when he was going through his own arrest, don't you think that he's noticing and caring for you during your time of need? Don't you think that he's noticing you right now in this time of fear and worry and stress? No one goes unnoticed and uncared for by Jesus. There are two truths that the situation teaches that might surprise you. First truth is this, Jesus sometimes helps us when we don't ask. He sometimes helps us when we don't ask. I mean, Malchus didn't ask for help, but Jesus gave it anyway. Has it dawned on you that some of the good things in your life Times when you have narrowly escaped accident and injury. Times when you have received unexpected blessings. That it probably wasn't just a coincidence. Jesus sometimes helps us when we don't ask. Secondly, Jesus sometimes helps us when we don't believe. Occasionally I will run into someone who is teaching that if you're sick or in a bad situation, it's because you don't have enough faith. You don't believe strongly enough. And they will make it sound like Jesus only shows up and helps people who have this superstar faith. But this passage has Jesus helping someone who didn't believe in him at all. Sometimes Jesus helps us when we don't believe. And even those of us who are followers of Jesus sometimes don't believe in him, or at least we don't believe in him enough. What is it that you're struggling with to trust God for right now? I mean, what is the hurt that you're struggling with that you aren't sure that Jesus cares about or even notices? What is it that you aren't sure you believe that Jesus can or will help you deal with? I'm praying that you will learn today what Malchus learned that night in the garden. Jesus notices and he cares for our hurts. Sometimes when we don't ask for his help. Sometimes even when we don't believe he can help. Today would be a really good time for you to turn to him. The next lesson we learn from this story is a little different. Here's the lesson. Sometimes Jesus helps us by not using his power. Sometimes Jesus helps us by not using his power. This one may be hidden in the story a little bit. Look again at Matthew 26 and we'll read a little further. When that happened, one of Jesus' followers reached for his sword and pulled it out. He struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Jesus said to the man, put your sword back in its place. All who use swords will be killed with swords. Surely you know that I could ask my father... And he would give me more than 12 armies of angels. But it must happen this way to bring about what the scriptures say. What this tells me is that Jesus showed his purpose by not showing his power. 
Jesus said he could have called armies of angels to rescue him. He had that power, but he didn't use it. Why? Because if he had, his main purpose would not have been accomplished. Do you remember what his main purpose was? Jesus himself told us. He said he came to seek and to save people who were lost. His purpose was to save us from our sin and from the punishment that we've earned, that we deserve when we sin, which is eternity in hell. So in an act of love for us, Jesus restrained his power and let them arrest him, let them lie about him and get him falsely condemned to death because using his power would have felt good in the moment but it would have harmed us forever. There are a thousand situations that I know Jesus is powerful enough to solve in a split second. He could have instantaneously healed my daughter, but he didn't. And I don't understand why. But what if letting her die at four and a half years old rescued her from an even more terrible, horrible, painful situation later in our life. Someday we may understand, but we don't today. And I believe that Jesus could solve this current crisis we're in with just a word. He could speak a word and everyone with the coronavirus would be healed and the virus would be wiped out completely and all of these restrictions would be unnecessary. But often... Jesus doesn't step in and intervene. He may be helping us in some way that we don't understand. He may be slowing us down and causing us to love our families better. He may be uh, drawing us close to him uh, and opening some hearts towards him. Now, please understand, I am not saying that God sent this virus or my daughter's illness. I don't believe that. I know that illness and crime and uh, death uh, entered the world because mankind made the choice to sin and it rains on good people and on evil people and good people and evil people get sick. I don't think God caused this situation, but I think he may not use his power to step in and solve it instantly because he sees some ways that it will help all of us in the long run. Ways we don't understand right now. Maybe someday we may. And sometimes Jesus helps us by not using his power. Lastly, sometimes we ignore miracles. Sometimes we ignore miracles. So let's review. They come to arrest Jesus. They have been told that he's a rebellious troublemaker and a false teacher who's stirring up all sorts of trouble. And when they get there, he volunteers himself to them. And one of his guys gets overzealous and uh, tries to decapitate one of the guys arresting Jesus. And the guy ducks and his ears cut off. And the only time that Jesus struggles against them while they're trying to restrain him is to reach out and touch Malchus and heal him. So they see this incredible miracle. I mean, they see the ear on the ground and the blood and they see all of the sudden after Jesus touches him, the wound is gone, the ear is back on. And look what happens next. Luke 22 says this. They arrested Jesus and led him away and 
brought him into the house of the high priest. They still arrested him. They saw the miracle. And they still arrested him. Apparently, no one said, wait, guys, do we really want to do this? I mean, this is a good guy. Apparently, no one said to Malchus, he just healed you, dude. Are you still going to arrest him? Presumably, Malchus finished his job and led him back to the high priest. And I got to think that while he was doing that, he was touching his ear a lot. He was probably doing this a lot. And if they had mirrors, he was probably looking in the mirror a lot. You know, I wish I could tell you that the story had a great ending. That Malchus became a follower of Jesus later on in his life. But we really have absolutely no information on that. His name is never heard of again in all of scripture. The only possible hopeful clue is that John still knows his name 50 or 60 years later when he writes about this situation in what we now call the book of John. Some would say that fact that his name is still known means that he'd become a follower of Jesus. I really hope so. I really hope so. But whether he did or not doesn't change the fact that sometimes we ignore miracles just like they did. I mean... Most of us have seen God do something incredible in our lives. We have seen him help us and protect us and forgive us and save us in difficult times. And then when the next difficult time hits, we seem to forget. We ignore God's past faithfulness, the past miracle of God, and we allow ourselves to be filled with panic and fear and doubt about what God will do this time, what he will do for us next. Friends, don't ignore God's miracle. Don't ignore the miracles God has done in your life. He has always been with you. He has always helped you. Even when you have walked through tough days and he will walk with you in every step of the way going forward. He will be guiding you and helping you and protecting you and working miracles in your life. Don't forget, don't ignore God's faithfulness because he will be faithful to you right now in the midst of what you're going through during this season. Did you know that this miracle that we have been talking about, Jesus healing the ear of Malchus, someone who came intent on harming him, that that was the last miracle Jesus did before his death on the cross. It was the last miracle he did while he was a man here on earth. Right after that, he was put on trial, he was condemned, he was executed. Malchus was the last miracle that Jesus did while here on earth, but it isn't his last miracle. It isn't his last miracle. He's still doing miraculous things and he will notice your hurt. He will care about you, he will help you and he will do miraculous things in your life if you will trust in him. Let's pray.